This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the $100 is Rich Jones. Okay, Rich Jones, he is stuck in corporate. He wants to break free. He's binging on the show. For your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday morning, simply subscribe to the podcast right now on iTunes and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Top Tribe, you know I don't have a lot of time to waste. That's why I use FreshBooks to send out invoices and make sure I'm collecting my money. To get your free month, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Nathan Latka here. This is episode 578. Coming up tomorrow morning, you'll learn from Drew Cronoli, the CEO of Organifi, which did $25 million in 2016 sales, over 150,000 customers for this physical product. And the million dollar product is an Indian sourced material or mineral called ashwagandha. It's really a fascinating story. His goal this year, 100 million. Nathan Latka here. Good morning, folks. Our guest today is Andrew Myers. He grew up in Denver, Colorado, and then recently left Yale before the start of his senior year to pursue Ripple Recruiting. That's his company full-time. He now serves as CEO of the fast-growing 12-person startup. We're going to dig into it today. Andrew, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, absolutely, Nathan. Thanks Uh, for having me. Well, I'm glad you jumped on, man. So tell us first, what is Ripple Recruiting and how do you generate revenue? Definitely. Yeah. So at our core, what we do is we allow employers to create their dream applicant pools without ever setting foot on a college campus. And so basically what we do is we have students go in, answer all the questions that employers would want to know ahead of time. So what do they want to do with their lives? Where are they interested in working? And then employers can actually go on and instead of having to send a whole team out to campus, they can filter for the qualities they want most and then build relationships with students over email at a fraction of the cost of the traditional model. So it's hard to get college students to pay for anything besides beer. And so our whole uh, our whole revenue model is on the employer side. So they buy one of three annual subscription packages. So nothing to students. Nothing to students. Totally free for students, which okay. is a big part of the pitch. So is this more of a marketplace play or a SaaS play business model wise? It's, it's both a marketplace uh, play and a SaaS play. So, you know, half of what we do is really building a vibrant ecosystem and a really strong marketplace. And then we have a powerful SaaS platform that enables all of that. Okay, so let's so let's talk about kind of the SaaS aspect of this first. On average, what are these employees paying you per month or employers? So, yeah. so our, our sort of three subscription packages vary. So the light package on a monthly basis is $95 and then the premium is $795. So I might say our average contract size is about $300 a month right now. Okay, and what are those? Uh, why would somebody pay? Why would an employer pay on the low end and why would they pay on the high end? What are the things that drive them up kind of the value chain? Definitely. So on the high end of things, you get a service called Ripple Scout, which is uh, a pretty, pretty huge feature for employers. So basically what we go in and do is we type up a report using our system to kind of facilitate great matches on the students that really fit for an employer. And so an employer 
there every two weeks will get an email in their inbox with, you know, the five to 10 students that are the best possible fit for their company. And so it'll really bring these students to life. It'll go beyond GPA. Um, and so the students really get an advocate for them. And then employers, you know, basically have us do all the work for them, essentially. And then on the lighter end, you know, it's really for smaller companies. There's also less uh, unlocks. Um, and so there's sort of more limited access to the database. And it doesn't come with that powerful Ripple Scout feature. And then some of the diversity filters we have as well. This sounds a lot like uh, kind of a LinkedIn, what LinkedIn's doing. If Reid Hoffman came to you in your email inbox, you wake up tomorrow morning, you hit refresh, and he says, the subject line says, potentially acquiring. And the content says, Andrew, solve a business, would love to buy you for 10 million bucks. Do you sell? I think absolutely not at this point. I, I think I really believe we can build a system that's way more, I mean, it's already way more powerful than what LinkedIn has. And I think there's so much demand on the student side of things for a company that really is focused on college students and really has their interest at heart. So, I mean, obviously $10 million sounds like a lot of money, but I think this company can go way beyond that. How old are you now, Andrew? Uh, right now I'm 23 years old. Have you, have you exited before or is like this your first, this your first kind of business? No, absolutely. We're uh, Eric Cohen, my co-founder, and I are both uh, first-time founders. You guys just split it 50-50? Yes. Wow, that's interesting. So, no, so, so what if you guys both disagree on something? How do you get through it? You know, I think the beauty of so many of our decisions is that we, uh, that we do disagree with each other a lot. And I think uh, the sort of big... Uh, big expression we have at the company is strong opinions loosely held. And so I think almost all our best decisions come from, you know, rigorous argument between Eric and myself. And the bottom line is both of us will often end up abandoning our original position and kind of let logic went out. But I think too often it's easy to get invested in your original idea having to be right. And I think what we really care about is the logical process and getting to the right conclusion rather than starting out in the right place. What year did you launch the business in? So we launched the business. Um, so we basically had the concept and started working on the SaaS platform in October of 2015. And then our Yale launch was April of 2016. Okay. And what, this is always an embarrassing number, but 2015, what was total revenue first year? So uh, to total revenue, you know, we weren't focused on revenue at all. It was all sort of free trials. So even, even at this point, you know, the big focus is we're, we're definitely starting to see that early revenue come in. But the big focus is user engagement with the platform rather than revenue. I think we'll monetize, you know, so Andrew, hold on, let me step back. On. The reason I'm asking you this question is because there are a lot of students coming out of college that have to cover basic costs and they figure out ingenious ways to drive early revenue while they're building something bigger. That's really what I'm asking. Definitely. So I think our ingenious way of getting early revenue was to max out our credit cards and rely on Yale for funding. Um, and so I think it's it's great when students figure out something really early on. But I think it's easy to get distracted by revenue when what really matters is the quality of your marketplace. And so ecosystem. How, how much did you guys put on your credit cards altogether? So we, we probably uh, by the end, we're close to, you know, forty five thousand dollars in debt total. These are just like cash. You call up the credit card. You have a you do cash advances. Then you just pay down the interest over time on the credit cards. Uh, yeah, not even cash advances. I mean, we would just sort of put every expense on our credit card and we'd link it to Venmo so we could pay a lot of our early marketing uh, reps using Venmo. Interesting. Okay. And then you raised capital. How much have you raised? So we raised a $700,000 seed round, which Kevin Ryan, who founded uh, MongoDB and Gilt and has done a lot in the tech space in New York, actually led. And then we're just getting ready. Uh, probably in you know two or three weeks, we'll start going out for that Series A round. Um, so let me ask you a question. Did he push back when, when he was looking at, first off, was he the only one putting the 700 grand or was there a syndicate? No, we had, uh, we had quite a syndicate. So it was, it was a real mix of, you know, sort of guys in the, both the hedge fund space and the HR space but as Kevin well. Kevin led, right? Kevin led the round though. And, yes. And he, when he was doing like due diligence, he had no issue with the 50, 50 split. Like, I mean, was there, are there any clauses where if you guys come to a complete standstill, there's a way to move the company forward? 
like with a super no, majority I mean, I, I or anything that, like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think at an early stage, um, you know, you want both founders bought into a huge extent. And I think the way Eric and I work, you know, we really see it as both of our companies. And I think in a way, um, you know, a lot of what he bet on was the dynamic between us and us being able to figure it out together. And he's definitely you know, a great resource if we're trying to talk through a decision we maybe disagree on or sort of want, you know, a really expert opinion on. But I think that by and large, he's had a lot of confidence in our ability to navigate it and figure it out. Yeah. Okay. So no revenue in 2015, just a lot of credit card debt. No revenue in 2015. No. Okay. Then let's fast forward to today. So how many employers are you working with as paying, paying employers? So at the moment we have about 15 paying clients. Okay. And uh, is the math as simple as me taking 15 uh, paying clients times the average ARPU of 300 bucks to get a, a monthly recurring revenue of about five grand? Uh, yeah, yeah. to some extent. There's, you know, there's so much shifting in terms of how packages work right now. And then we also have you know, quite a few sort of users that we've brought on for free that we're sort of in the process of upgrading. Um, but yeah, in, in, in terms of monthly revenue, um, in, in a recurring sense, I'd say we're averaging um, about you know, $7,000 a month in revenue. Okay. And so how do you, you're, you said you're about to go out and uh, do a series A. What's that, what's that, what's the pitch to investors going to look like? Give, give it to me. What's it going to sound like? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, you know, core sort of incredible, incredible thing that we've achieved so far is just our Ivy league signup numbers. So just to put that in perspective a little bit, we've had 8,000 Ivy league students sign up for the platform. I mean, over 10% of Ivy league undergrads have their resumes on ripple at this point. LinkedIn of the, more of the, the 10% of the total signups. Uh, ten percent of Ivy League students, undergrads, period, have their resumes on Ripple okay, um, across just, the entire U.S. Across the uh, for Ivy League students, yes. How many is um, that? So that's about eight thousand students. So six thousand is ten percent. We have about eight thousand. Got it. And then, um, just to put that number in context a little bit, LinkedIn only has about three to five percent of Ivy League resumes on their platform. So. In our first, you know, true semester of expansion, we've managed to double what they've done. And I think we can replicate that success at Stanford, where we just launched uh, Duke, Berkeley, MIT. And then once we raise this round, I think on the student side of things, we'll have a major national expansion. And then I think the other you know, big pitch to investors is just if you get a chance to try out our product and use our platform, it's sleek, it's elegant, it works in a much more intuitive way than a lot of the other stuff you'll see on the market. And because the filters are so tailored for college students, if you put it in front of a college recruiter, there's almost just this like aha moment. And so I think as you know, we really start to, you know, have even more of a tech team in place, there's all sorts of uh, different places we can take that. But both the core platform and just the raw student uh, volume is, is definitely a big selling point. Okay, we're role-playing for a second. Andrew, I love the pitch. It sounds great. I'm totally bought in. What's the valuation? Um, you know, I, I think valuations always step by the market, right? So I think uh, I, I think that's just something we kind of want to want to see when it's your first time. I think you have a lot of confidence, and I think you uh, it's definitely looking really good on that side of things, but I think that's just something we kind of want to see how it plays out. Yeah, Andrew, but I can't write you a check until you tell me what valuation. I don't really care. I like your vision. What's, what valuation? <laughs> I think, honestly, I, what I would say is that we just want to see where all the other term sheets come in, and we'll kind of figure it out from there. What, but those term sheets, like, uh, again, I'm being hypothetical here, right? Uh, it, th- those term sheets, when they come in, I mean, they're, you're going to have the same, this is the, the discussion that's going to go down, right? And they're going to say, well, Andrew, what valuation do you want? I mean, what, so how, when you and your co-founder think about this, maybe let's start with this. How much money do you want to raise in Series A? So we'll probably raise two to three million dollars in our Series A round. Okay. And what will you definitely not give up more than in terms of equity in the company for two million bucks? 
So I, I think that's actually in some ways, you know, not 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 totally how we think about it. I, I think uh, from our perspective, what we want is more than the highest valuation possible. We want the, you know, the right partner and the right valuation. I think a lot of companies make the mistake in Series A round of sort of grabbing, you know, the biggest valuation they can possibly get away with. And I think that makes it tough in the following rounds. And so I think for us, you know, we'll sort of see, uh, obviously, we'd love to give up as little of the company as possible, but it just really depends what the market's willing to pay. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's one of the reasons I'm asking this is because at the current revenue, obviously level, right? You, you have to find investors that strategically get the vision because if they're just going to pay revenue multiple, it's going to be a valuation. I don't even know if they paid a $2 million valuation. Uh, so, so how are you thinking about going out and building this syndicate? Like, do you, do you have strategics kind of already in mind? Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that, you know, at this point, the, the whole focus has been on user engagement and student engagement. And I think that's really what we've prioritized and targeted. Um, in terms of, you know, different meetings and different VCs, we've had quite a bit of inbound interest. So that's been sort of one source of kind of getting everything in place. And then we're also, you know, really strategically picking firms that have a really good reputation for working uh, with companies who've sort of been in a similar stage. And I think for us, it's all about finding those right partners. I think ideally, um, Ideally, people who you know have experience, um, you know, really scaling smaller companies, and who, who are willing, you know, not to just sort of follow into the round, but really, you know, take an active role as the lead investor. I think we really want to want to pick the right firm there. And I just want to go back for a second. Now that I know your revenue number about seven grand per month, or about you know, call it eighty grand per year. If you got offered by Reed Hoffman a ten million dollar exit tomorrow, you would not take that deal. I, I, I think we definitely wouldn't. Andrew, that point. is shocking to me. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the bottom line is, you know, if we like were you really have to, you have to say what you're saying right now. I understand because you're going out to raise a round. I meet so many entrepreneurs, though. They go out and do this. They raise all this capital and they never get out from the liquidation un, from under the liquidation preference. Or you read an exit on TechCrunch for 100 million bucks. But the, the, the founders coming away with like nothing because of ridiculous terms and stuff when they could have sold for a much lower amount, but kept a ton of the company and gone on and built the next big thing. So how do you kind of bridge your optimism with also doing or, you know, making rational decisions? Well, I think if you sort of look at our track record and what we've been able to do on the student side of things, um, you know, there's absolutely no reason we can't have 100,000 of the top students in the country on our platform a year from now. And when you sort of look at the marketplace side of that and, you know, we, we just basically started focusing on revenue in terms of scaling our sales team. So we just scaled our sales team from one to four in the last uh, the last like two weeks, basically. So uh -huh. I, I think that, you know, revenue is a more recent focus. I think what a lot of companies would say at this stage is, you know, don't well, let's ignore Let's ignore don't. Let's ignore revenue, Andrew, for a second. Like, let's just fo let's stay focused on usage because I don't want to push you on revenue if that's not what you're focused on. And you've got great usage numbers, right? So you've got 8,000 uh, students that's on your platform. Total, you have 8,000 uh, students signed up. Is it just for Ivy League folks? So, yeah, we're starting to see the Berkeley, MIT, Stanford and uh, Duke numbers pour in. But we've got 8000 just in the Ivy League. OK, but is that 8000 total on the total on all, the whole platform? So we, we have about 10K total on the okay, platform just in those sort of early weeks of expansion. And, yeah. And how many first off, define a connection when an employer is paying you 300 bucks on average per month? What are they paying for? Are they paying for 10 new resumes per month that meets their meet their criteria? What are they paying for? So, and yeah, again, it just kind of depends on the package. So they're, they're really paying for, um, 
you know, basically access to the database, the ability to get these Ripple Scout reports on the sort of um, the sort of higher end packages, and then also just sort of different levels of filters. So a lot one one big focus for a lot of companies, particularly bigger companies, is how do you increase diversity? And so we have sort of filters that allow uh, companies to bring on students from sort of different backgrounds and really make sure you know they're doing everything they can to create an inclusive workplace that sort of come at some of the more premium levels as well. But Nathan, just to get back to your earlier question a little bit about you know would you sell out at 10 million dollars i think that uh i think that on some level uh when you when you start something you do it not just because of you know that sort of personal game but because you want to build something that's going to be really incredible and really meaningful and it's going to fix a huge problem and i think we're pretty rational i don't think that we would be uh, we would be doing this if we didn't think that we could you know become the sort of B player in this market. But the college recruiting market's twenty five billion dollars. I think on the student side of things, we're doing it better than just about anybody else's right now. And we kind of look at you know what's happened you know just in the past few weeks on the client side of things. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty powerful. And you look at uh, Teach for America, you look at Venture for America, you look at Mass Mutual, Cardinal Health, a lot of our bigger clients. I mean, these are massive companies that are getting huge value from the platform. And so as we sort of look at uh, kind of what's going to happen in the future, I think we're pretty confident that this can be something much bigger than a $10 million yeah. company. Andrew, no entrepreneur starts uh, and doesn't believe what you just articulated. That's how, I mean, that's the, that's how your mind should be. I mean, and look, part of the reason I bring this up is because when I had my first SaaS company, there was an offer that we should have sold that early on. But I was, I, I told them the exact same thing, almost word for word what you just told me. I told the acquiring company, right? And it was for about the same amount of money. Right. And that was the stupidest decision I ever made because we, we all we all have optimism, like like unabridged optimism. We have to. Um, but uh, but look, look, I get it. Like it's, it's going to be this is going to be a fun journey for you to go on. Um, you're building something meaningful. I want to get back though to success metrics because you keep that's what's most important to you. How many I assume the ultimate value metric here is new hires through Ripple Recruiting. How many how many actual new hires have happened through the platform? Absolutely. So, so we're still putting, it's sort of our first wave of having the ecosystem together. So we're still putting our official hire numbers together. But I think the sort of long-term goal is we think by like 2021 is kind of what we're putting in our projections right now. We could easily see 20,000 students hired through Ripple. And I think that's, you know, the goal we're really working Total towards. Or an- annually. annually. Yeah, great. Okay, cool. Um, real quick, before we get into the, the, the last five questions, um, have any customers started paying you employers and stopped paying you since you started? No. Okay, so no churn yet. Um, no churn. Small sample size, but no churn. And are you doing small, any pay- small sample size? And I, I think, in fairness, you know, at, at this point, you know, we're not pushing revenue to the extent we could be. The whole goal is, you know, how do you give those early customers, you know, just the best possible experience they could get on the platform? And I think they're pretty invested with us, right? Andrew, they give us a lot. Of it's interesting. It's interesting you say that. You you made the assumption that when I asked the churn question, it was tied to revenue. That's actually, I think, a huge problem in the SaaS marketing space. Churn is actually almost directly tied to a value metric, not revenue. Re- re- you just assign revenue to the value metric and that's how you drive revenue but it's way more important to look at the underlying kpi and say these employers there's no way they're going to churn if we're giving them 30 diverse you know potential new hires per month right and if you know you're hitting that number usage wise it churns going to be like nothing so i actually right. you know what I, mean? I actually wasn't asking a revenue churn question there it was more about I understanding know, usage I think that's I think that's well said and I think when we look on the on the on the usage side of things it's uh it's special right I mean uh like Venture for America is a great example. You know, the other day they sort of made their first big reach out to the platform and they basically, you know, within like four days of reaching out, they've heard back from, you know, 50 qualified matched Ivy League students that really want to work for them. And so I think that's uh, that's kind of a powerful example of, you know, on one company level, you know, what Ripple can provide. 
Real quick, there's 12 of you guys. You're all between the ages of what and what? We're all between the ages of, with one exception, uh, basically the whole team is between, you know, 22 and 25. You know why that sucks is whenever you travel to close business deals and you have to rent a car, you have to pay more because you're all under 25. I hated that about when I had my first company. <laughs> you actually wouldn't believe how many cars we ran and yeah. how many surcharges we kind of get. It's almost worth that. hiring someone, one person older than 25, just to avoid <laughs> those costs. Um, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, we just brought in a, a more senior software engineer and I think, uh, I, I think maybe he'll be ending up. Up, uh, driving on a lot of road trips. We'll have to see. It might not be the best use of his talents, but uh, we'll funny. see how it all breaks. So down. 12 of you guys are all based in New York, right? All based in New York, yeah. Okay, Top Tribe, as many of you know, I sold Hayo, and everyone is always asking me what my expenses were when I was building Hayo. Well, a big expense was that I spent over three grand per month on financial services to keep me out of trouble in terms of taxes. You know, my mom would always harbor me, Nathan, you gotta keep all your receipts and put them in a freaking box or something to make sure you don't get an audit or things like this. I'm like, mom, I'm a millennial. You think I'm gonna keep all these receipts? I now use FreshBooks. I use their mobile app to take a picture of receipts, and it makes taxes a cinch. Additionally, I don't have to hire a $3,000 per month person to manage all my finances. It's like saving so much money and my mom's happy. Additionally, I don't waste a bunch of time creating invoices. I use their templates and I can avoid using Word templates or Excel files. I just use FreshBooks to quickly send out invoices and it works like a charm. To get your free first month, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Again, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Very cool. Very cool. Andrew, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what is your favorite business book? Favorite business book? Uh, I would say, um, I've been, I, I would say if I had to, if I had to pick a book, um, huh. Um, give me one second. On sure. That. Don't make one up. If you don't have one, you can say, say none. I would say my favorite book that has nothing to do with business whatsoever, um, which probably isn't the right answer. I think there's a lot of good business books out there that are, that are decent. I think Anna Karenina is probably my favorite book. I, I think that it's, what's you know, for me, what's I, I that say it again. Anna Karenina. I, I think uh, it's, it's Leo Tolstoy. I, I think that when, uh, when I sort of think about the most effective way to read right now, we definitely target a lot of blogs, a lot of sort of first round review, obviously on the sales side of things. Um, there's some really good stuff out there. Um, I think predictable revenue is useful for us, but in terms of like, you know, how I really read, I think I try to use it as that like quick, like 45 minute escape at the end of the day when you just want to kind of process and sort of think about something a little bit different. Yeah, you got it. Number two, who is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? I think, um, I think, you know, obviously we, we look at what Kevin's done a lot in the space and I think he's been a pretty, uh, Kevin who? pretty incredible Kevin Ryan. So our, our lead investor, Kevin uh, Ryan basically has founded MongoDB, Gilt, uh, Zola, Business Insider. He's sort of done it in all of these totally different realms. And so I think we learn a lot by watching him. Um, but I think, you know, Reed Hoffman's a great example. I think, uh, when you sort of look at these, uh, guys who've really thought about in particular, you know, how do you create a really vibrant marketplace and these ecosystems where people are constantly engaging, constantly getting value. I think those are the kind of guys we tend to look at the most. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have like HostGator? I think our favorite online tool, I mean, we use Persist IQ a lot for drip marketing, um, which I think is a really effective tool. We also just love Slack. I think Slack is, you know, as, as good as it gets on the communication front. And then Trello is really useful in terms, in terms of organizing our workflow. Number four, yes, or no, to get eight hours of sleep every night. 
Uh, no, I, I don't get eight hours of sleep right now, but I try to get six and a half. And I think that's important. <laughs> that's well, And you're young too, right? How old are you? Uh, I'm 23. 23. All right. And so uh, situation, married, single, do you have kids? Um, I'd say I'm uh, definitely single at the moment. <laughs> single and no kids. <laughs> I was going to say. Single yeah. and, and, and no kids, yeah. So last question. This Take us back three years, Andrew. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? I think the biggest thing I would say is just like, I, I think especially at Ivy League schools or, you know, just good schools in general, there, there's so much anxiety around, you know, what are you going to do next? And can I figure it out? And I, I think so many people end up spending the first few years of their life sort of doing something that's not particularly meaningful. And they're not necessarily learning as much as they could if they were doing something on their own. So I think I just tell myself to go for it. I think that uh, if you really believe in something and you really work hard, there's a lot you can figure out and learn. And it doesn't really matter if you're 23 or 35, you can achieve a lot. Top job. There you have it from Andrew Myers. He says, go for it. He founded Ripple Recruiting about a year and a half ago with his co-founder. Now up to 12 folks, young team, all between kind of 22 to 25 age based up in New York City. Again, helping employers recruit better, specifically right now from Ivy League schools, which makes up 8,000 of their total 10,000 student resumes on the platform. They raised $700,000 from uh, from Kevin. Uh, again, MongoDB has a lot of success there. Currently serving 15 customers, paying on average 300 per month. Too early for churn CAC another unit economics but they're building something special looking to do their series a round shortly raising somewhere around two million bucks andrew thank you for taking us to the top definitely thanks david have a good one if you enjoyed andrew today go back and listen to aditya yesterday Vinod Koshala, amongst many others, invested 600 grand into his new company. He's an ex-Intuit guy providing financing against invoices with his company numbers. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday. 